Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Growth with Portia, a weekly conversation for your personal and professional growth. Here is your host, Portia Booker. Hey, listeners. Welcome to Growth with Portia. I'm your host, Portia Booker. And yes, this is my real name. So question for you. Did you bring your curious mind today? If so, I don't want to keep you waiting. Let's dive in. I'll be honest, y'all. I've uh, been betrayed a few times in my career. And one thing I can share is through the betrayal, I've learned to show others grace. Each of us has been a victim of a circumstance. But one thing that is for sure is the wrongdoing from another will not strip me of the goodness within my heart. So question for my listeners today. What will it take for you to go from a victim of your circumstance to victorious? Let that sink in. So today I am joined by a returning guest who is on a mission to educate others about addiction through his own personal journey of overcoming. So welcome back to Grew with Portia, Mr. Joshua Shea. How are you doing today, Joshua? Thank you very much for having me back, Portia. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Living the dream every day is great that ends in why. And so, Joshua, you know, I love to start off these conversations with gratitude. What are you grateful for today? Today, I am grateful for the uh, fact that I got 90% of my errands done before 10 a.m. I I looked at the clock when I was done and I was like, damn, it's I've still got another 12 hours of the day and I've done like 90% of what I'm supposed to of my personal errands so I can focus on work. I can focus on other things and not have to worry about all these little things. And usually I'm a procrastinator. So when I get things done right at the beginning, I'm really proud and really happy with myself. Doesn't it feel amazing to literally check off all the boxes? Like what? Who is this superhuman living here? <laughs> well, that, yeah, it's exactly it. I looked at the clock on my on my car after I, I've driven 50 miles today. I've stopped off four or five places and the clock said 928 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, there are times I'm still in bed and I haven't done a damn thing. And look at all this. Look at what you can do when you actually wake up at seven in the morning. See, I'm up at four. Most days it's between four and six is when I'm up. And people ask me, Portia, when I see your Instagram story, it shows the timestamp of 4.59 or 5.30. Is that really you? Yes, it is me. I am up with my gratitude journal, my prayer time, meditation. And like you, I'm hitting the gridiron with my primary stuff I need to get done from making my breakfast, my good old cup of joe. I like my coffee black and dark like my soul and my sense of humor. So like, yeah, I'm the same way. It just, then you have the rest of the day to really, to yourself, however you want to prioritize it, whether you want to go take a nap or go sit by the lake or whatever, you've got that. You know, the taking a guilt-free nap 
there there is nothing I can be more grateful for than that. And if you if you bother me in two hours about what we talked about today, you're not going to find me because I probably will be asleep. <laughs> and, and that's and, how and I completely guilt free because of that. Josh, I'm the same way. I love a good midday nap in my recliner, like that 15 to 30 minute power nap, but then have a nice cup of coffee right after it to rejuvenate you. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, I've, I've learned that you can't go much beyond 40 minutes. You go beyond 40 minutes and you're gone for the rest of the day. And then finally you wake up around 1030 at night and you're up till three in the morning. So I've learned to keep my naps under 40 minutes to keep my caffeine drinks to two a day. One of them. Yes. After the nap. And, uh, and then I'm a bed, I'm in bed between 11 and midnight. So, you know, it's, it's, it's generally, uh, workable. I don't stay up till two or three in the morning. Like I once did when I was unhealthy. Oh, don't go there with me about the insomnia train of doom. I used to have bad insomnia in high school. And then when I was a TV producer, as I've mentioned before, your shift dictates your social life. So I was up from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Sunday through Thursday. Oh, brutal. Talk about the pure, brutal whip of shame. Oh, never again. But I digress there. Joshua, you know, on our last conversation that we had, we kind of dived into how porn addiction affected your life. But one of the things we tend to not think about from the point or perspective of addiction is we don't think about if this person is in a relationship and how that affects their spouse or significant other. So, you know, oftentimes I'm sure that many people in relationship with someone who is an addict has several feelings of betrayal or they feel as though they've let their significant other down because they're not able to help them in the capacity that they want to. And so Joshua, can you elaborate on how maybe your wife was affected during your journey of recovery? Well, I tell you, my wife was not as affected as many are. And I think that it has to do with the fact that she works in the medical field. She knows people and knows addiction well, even before it came out that I had addiction. And she recognized that with addiction comes a separate set of circumstances uh, when it comes to why somebody is using something. It's kind of funny these days as a coach, uh, when I'm dealing with the spouses or the girlfriends or boyfriends of somebody who they believe is an addict, um, sometimes the saddest thing I have to say is, I'm sorry, they're not an addict. They're just a bad person. They're just, you just have a broken picker. You, you know, something is up there where, you know, when I was an addict, it had nothing to do with my wife, obviously, because I was an addict for about 12 years before I ever met her. So logically, it's very easy to explain how it has nothing to do with her. And, but if you're not an addict, if you are using pornography as a surrogate for sex, as a replacement for sex, as most people actually do, and you have a partner and you're choosing porn over that partner, there's not a lot that I can say to make somebody feel better aside from, you know, did you create boundaries? Did you make your, did you make what you thought about pornography known? And if you did, it's time to enforce those boundaries. And I can walk you through that kind of betrayal trauma. It's almost a little bit easier on the heart, I think, when I can say I'm sorry, 
but your boyfriend or your husband, he has an actual addiction. This has nothing to do with you. You can step back and feel good that it has nothing to do with the way you look. It has nothing to do with your performance in the bedroom. You know, even if he points fingers, he's an addict, so he's lashing out. He's not one of these people who is just simply in love with porn and very recreational using because when that's the choice that's really when the betrayal hits the hardest oh and joshua i'm glad that you really elaborated on that because how many people i'm sure probably get in that boat of hey i came to you for help and you literally just told me that this isn't what i thought it was and so, Joshua, for our listeners who are tuning in, I mean, what can maybe couples do in this sense? What maybe key questions should they ask one another if they find that there's an issue when it comes to porn addiction in their relationship? Well, I think the first thing anybody should do when they're getting in a relationship within the first few weeks, first few dates, first few months, before you get very intimate with each other, find out each person's opinion on pornography. Find out about each person's opinion on various aspects of sexuality. Because the thing is, what is healthy for you or I as individuals is not going to be necessarily what we strive for as a couple. I always try to explain the more conservative of the two people in a couple are going to be the ones who dictate what happens sexually. You can be the wildest person on earth. You could have had hundreds of partners. You can be up for anything crazy. And you've got somebody who is very conservative, very you know limited in their experience, very limited in what they're willing to, branches they're willing to go out on and different things they're willing to risk and boundaries they're willing to push. Guess what? That's the person who is going to dictate the sexual health of the relationship. It's always going to be the more conservative person. Because if the wild person tries to push the conservative person, they're probably not going to be met very well with that kind of uh with that kind of pushing of boundaries, especially when it comes to sexuality and all of the different traumas and all of the different attitudes and beliefs, you know, sometimes even religious that comes around that. You're going to have to look at the person who is the, I don't want to say frigid, I don't want to say mousy or whatever one, you're going to have to look at that and then decide for yourself as a couple, is this going to be something that is compatible? And if if that partner says, I don't want you to look at pornography, I believe that when my partner looks at pornography, that's my partner cheating. You then have to make a decision as a partner. I will not look at pornography to respect my partner's wishes or I don't care what my partner thinks, I'm going to keep looking. The only situation that's not applicable is if you actually are an addict, because odds are that went in one ear, out the other, you didn't even hear it. It doesn't matter what they said, because you don't look at pornography the way that other people look at pornography. When I looked at pornography, I didn't care what was on the screen most of the time. And true addicts will tell you they don't care what's on the screen. Two girls and a guy, three Asian people, two Mexicans, a black person, uh, four white guys and six leprechauns. It doesn't matter what's on the screen. All you want to do is get those chemicals in your head. 
and you want to get that feeling of of you know lo lower anxiety, lower stress, and you know that using pornography is the only thing, assuming you're only addicted to that, is the only thing that will get you there. So when it comes to ultimatums about sexual decisions, when it comes to ultimatums about pornography, the addict tends to not even hear them because to the addict, they need to continue with that addiction or they feel like they're going to literally die. Oh yeah, tenfold. I definitely agree with that because that's their coping. That's their adrenaline rush that keeps them moving forward no matter what. And Joshua, for our listeners who are tuning in, you know, I kind of hit on it about, you know, how spouses and people in relationships might feel betrayed with some of these addictions that go on, especially with porn. And so Joshua, what do you think it will take or what tips can you leave with partners and spouses to be forgiving? Because as we know, we're all victims of some sort, but at the same time, we're able to take ownership of our actions instead of you know, constantly reacting. So what tips can you leave for spouses and partners on being forgiving? first starting with themselves and then with their partner? I think that the first thing you have to do in any situation where you need to forgive is to create a safe space. If it feels like there's some kind of danger, if there's a fight or flight feeling going on, you're not going to be able to really communicate well because somebody is on edge, somebody is looking for where are the exits or let's get it on. You know, this is a matter of you need to create something safe so they can openly communicate. Once you create a safe space for them to openly communicate, you then bring back your judgment. They may look at porn that you find is the most disgusting stuff on earth. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you like a kind of music they don't like. Maybe you like a sport they don't like. Maybe you like to watch pimple popping videos and you don't find those you don't find those disgusting and they do. You know, we all have our individual things and you know, if if you don't want them watching porn around you and they don't want you watching pimple popping videos around them, you can respect each other that you have different interests and not judge that way because if you come at me and you're screaming at me oh you look at this kind of girl and you like this kind of guy and you're into this kind of weird sex and this means that you're a pervert and this means do you want to have sex with me like that you disgusting pig and why would i share anything with you if you're coming at me like that even if you even if you feel like it's the most disgusting stuff, think about the way you're communicating. Think about the way you want to be communicated to. Okay, you feel like this stuff is disgusting. You've been heard. Is that really going to change anything? Of course not. So what you need to do, create that safe space and then reserve judgment openly when it comes to discussing it. And if you can discuss it, in a calm manner, if you can put forward some kind of argument of, you know, I think that when you are looking at other people's bodies, when you are looking at other people engaging in sexual contact, to me, that 
can, that is cheating. And I, I'm not going to negotiate that position. That's how I feel. If I'm with somebody who is watching this kind of stuff, it makes me not want to have physical interactions with them. It makes me not want to even be with them. So if you're going to do this, I just need you to know that it's going to push me away. That's very simply stated. Now, and that can that was heard, and that will be that will be taken in. Now, you can't control what the person's going to do. You can't control what the next few moves have to be, but you've stated how you feel. You haven't brought down the other person. You haven't shamed the other person. You haven't embarrassed the other person, and you've stood up for yourself. I think that's the best thing that you can possibly do. And then it's kind of a hope for the best situation and just be prepared to have to uh, enforce your boundaries if push comes to shove. Yes, boundaries. It's really one of my favorite words. Joshua, before we continue, if one of our listeners wants to connect with you and learn more about you and maybe really dive deeper into this discussion, is there a website or social media handle you can share with us today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me at paddictrecovery.com. That's the letter P as in porn or post-betrayal. Um, paddictrecovery.com. You can also find me at paddictrecovery on Instagram. And uh, if you look at Instagram or my website, you'll find whatever my TikTok name is that day. And because I was probably banned a week earlier. So I have a new name that day. So you'll just have to check that. And thanks for sharing that, Joshua. That's pretty funny about TikTok is like it's it's only funny if you don't have a hundred thousand followers and they take them away from you. That really was a big kick in the baby maker for me. Mm, yeah, I, we'll talk about that a whole nother day when it comes to <laughs> fans and and all this other stuff. I have to go back to what you mentioned. I am somebody who will watch pimple popping videos for Ew. just mindless anything. I don't get grossed out considering I've worked in healthcare for fifteen years. Some people know that. I don't get grossed out by anything. So literally I'm that girl who has to watch them take my blood. And, you know, like if I'm getting any type of like shots, I have to see them. See, I get nervous if I don't. I know some people prefer to look away. I need to see. I learned through pimple popping videos. I have this phobia called, I think it's tryptophobia which I'd never heard of before. But when my daughter started watching these videos a few years back and showing them to me, it's an uneasy feeling when a bunch of circles are close together or a bunch of holes are close together. And I've never heard of this. She actually introduced this concept to me. And so if there's a bunch of blackheads or a bunch of pimples right around or a bunch of little circles all together, it makes me feel uneasy. And I, I never knew this, and I looked it up and it's like, it's a real phobia of densely packed circles. And that's the pro that's my problem with pimple popping videos. It's not the goop that comes flying out. It's all the little circles around each other. So wait, this trip to phobia. So you're afraid that you're going to like trip and fall into a no, black hole in no. the abyss or something? Like <laughs> no, it just skeeves me out. <laughs> that's I mean what I think. Yeah, no, it just it's it just skeeves me out when I see a bunch of holes near each other. Like it's ugh. it's just it's like it's like being around snakes or 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 rodents or any of those things that just give me the heebie-jeebies. A bunch of circles near each other, like like not quite Swiss cheese. Those circles are far enough apart, 
But if you put them, you take a straw and some cheese and you start going real close to each other and you just leave a little space in between, oh, I, I can't handle it. And now people who know this about me love to freak me out and anything that has densely packed holes near each other, like, like a, a beehive or a honeycomb. Mm -hmm. oh, that That's the kind of thing if I look at, it's like, ugh. I can't well, explain. I can't explain it. I just probably shouldn't share it either. Well, that's a pretty uh, holy experience. No pun oh, that's, intended. But that's clever. <laughs> well, moving right along, Joshua. As always, I love these conversations with you because I even learn something new to take with me and my next relationships to really have that open, honest dialogue. Right? I think. Oftentimes, we're too afraid to ask those hard questions because of our own internal yeah. fears of being alone, of this person not liking me anymore. But I think that person who you're with would respect you more if they're honest and open with themselves, if you're very transparent from the beginning. So once again, I thank you so much for always having these enlightening conversations with me. And Joshua, for our listeners who are tuning in, you know, what if there's that situation where a couple wants to make it work. Maybe they've had discussions, they've seen someone like you who's a coach in this area. What can you say that couples can do to start to mend their relationships starting today? Is it conversations? Is it going to therapy? Is it being very transparent from the get-go about each other's wants and needs? What does that look like well, to help mend their relationship? I think the first thing that they have to do is find out what's going on mentally with each of them as individuals. You know, if somebody has addiction and it was just discovered, um, there is no marriage counselor in this world who has ever cured any kind of addiction. Um, if you, I, in fact, I have heard so many horror stories about a couple who just found out someone has an addiction and the marriage council is like, well, have you tried more sex? And, and it's just the absolute worst thing you can offer. So first and foremost, check and check to make sure you're both okay. If you have betrayal trauma because you found out something about your partner, you need to get your betrayal trauma looked at and worked on. You're not going to cure the betrayal trauma as a couple because betrayal trauma, from my experience working with men and women, it really is just a 2022 catchphrase way of saying my latest trauma from the person who I least expected it. Nobody who is, suffers betrayal trauma from a partner, that's the first time they've ever had it. They had it from partners before, or they had it from their parents, or they had it from other caregivers when they were young. It's just the latest trauma that's happened. And much like for somebody who is an addict, and people become addicts, mainly because of trauma, mainly because there was some kind of abuse when they were young and they did not resolve what happened to them. They need to go back and work on that. That's why as I was, you know, as I was uh, accredited as a porn addiction counselor, I started to realize I needed to get accredited for to be a coach for betrayal trauma as well, because it's almost it's it's. It's the other side of the coin of addiction for a lot of people in a relationship. And when you think that this one person is one way and you find out they're another way, that sends you reeling. That sends you, you know, 
does this person have another family? What else has this person lied about? What's going on here? Who is this person? Who am I? Who do I lay down next to every night? And what happens on the nights that he or she isn't here? Who are they laying down next to? It just spins you out of control. And what you need to really do is figure out, well, okay, let's say this is the worst person on earth you're with. You can still move on. You can still be okay. Why do you think you can't? Why is this impacting you so much? What has happened to you? What is your story that led you to be the person you are today? Do you have do you have major uh, abandonment issues? If so, it's probably time to work them out because you're just going to have major abandonment issues. Maybe this dude or this lady just watched porn because... They feel weird asking you for sex and it's led and it's led to this big thing that if you would have communicated early on would have been okay. Communication is always going to be the key and early communication is always going to be the key. I think people end up having to go to marriage counselors, relationship counselors first and foremost, just because of communication and fear of communication. It's not a matter of you're bad at it. It's a matter of you're scared to death what the results are, whether it's finances. Oh, I spent money this way. You spend money this way. Whether it's about kids. I think we should raise kids this way. You think it should be this way. Whether it's about sex, it all comes down to communication at the absolute basics. And if you cannot tell your partner exactly what's on your mind if you cannot tell your partner hey i do look at pornography and if they and again if they say quit it you either quit it or you don't it's up to you but you need to be able to be honest and be open and here's uh, something that a lot of people need to recognize 50% of marriages end up in divorce that's because those people are scared to death to communicate early on because if they did communicate early on they wouldn't have ended up getting married to begin with they were in love with the marriage idea they were in love with being in love but it turns out these two people couldn't couple Communication would have stopped that along the way. Communication would have avoided that betrayal trauma. Ooh, Joshua, you hit the nail on the head. That communication bar is one that we tend to just lack in, it seems, throughout society. It's a generational thing is what I find. Because little kind of like story time here, before my mom transitioned my mom was very transparent with me and my brother when I was a teenager about her final wishes. So we knew right off the bat what she wanted. So when the day came, when the shining star light day came, it wasn't a, well, who's going to do what? It wasn't this whole emotional roller coaster crying mm -hmm. act show. Yep. It was okay. Mom's transition. We're getting her cremated. Here's the process. We're doing this. It wasn't this whole big kerfuffle of emotional turmoil because we were open and honest and transparent, at least she was since I was young. And so we need to like get back to that in a sense, because we're becoming a society where we have all the methods of communication, but yet there's still so many, no pun intended, little black holes of communication gaps. <laughs> I had to throw that in there, Josh. <laughs> well, I, I'm just impressed with the phrase 
kerfuffle of emotional turmoil. I'm going to steal that and start using it. <laughs> Be my guest. That's how we all learn. <laughs> Ooh, Joshua, this was definitely a great conversation. Again, I thank you so much for coming on. We're going to be wrapping up here soon, Joshua. And you have left us again with lots of food for thought, ways to really elevate in our own personal life, along with helping our spouse or significant other also be able to turn their life around as well. Joshua, what words of inspiration can you leave with our listeners today? Whether it's someone who was once in your boat of being, you know, addiction ridden, and now that you're on the other side of the fence, or someone who is a spouse or partner who feels betrayed, but they want to do things a little different. What words of inspiration can you leave with our listeners today? Well, I tell you, the uh, most recent uh, certification I have, I, can, I now handle uh, therapeutic disclosures. I'm a therapeutic disclosure specialist. That's basically when you and your partner have to share a lot of truths with each other, or one person wants a lot of answers. And there's a process that we can go through to get those and to make it less painful for everybody, because you don't want to launch into one of those conversations on a random Tuesday night when you can't find anything on Netflix and you just start going at each other. It's better to have somebody like me there who's a referee. And I'll tell you what I have found is that we are so much more alike than we are different. And even though people hurt you, even though people go against you, even though people make choices that you wish they didn't, so more often than not, it has nothing to do with you. And so more often than not, people make bad decisions trying to help you, trying to keep you safe, trying to make you not mad or not sad. You know, for so many years, I hid the fact that I was a porn addict from my wife because, my God, who wants a husband like that? It's better if she doesn't know. Is it? No, of course it's not. But my twisted thinking thought it was. And that's the thing is that I think a lot of people, uh, both the betrayed and the betrayer, need to recognize you're probably on a closer page than you realize. Um, and it's a matter of you both have a lot of the same desires. You have a lot of the same motivations. It's just that you handle your business differently. And you know, uh, one of the first things I have to tell men and women when you know they say yeah and this person has the guts to tell me that they love me and it's like that's because they do love you they're just they're making bad decisions they're not in doing a good job showing their love but they do love you and they're absolutely telling you the truth when they say that so just remember we are so much and this goes for everything in the world right now we are so much more alike than we are different and when we focus on the differences that's when things fall apart Yes, a hundred percent. That word difference, right? We we tend to continue to categorize, even as adults. You know, we talk about how we're really not too far different. I mean, we all bleed the same color blood and all that stuff, but we really have to iron that into our belief system and realize that no two people, yes, are physically alike, but the way that we tend to think is alike. So yeah. really being open and mindful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody, that was Mr. Joshua Shea that you heard from. And that concludes another episode of Grew Portia on this Motivation Monday. 
Thanks for listening and have a great and awesome week, everybody. That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.